Hi, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Danica Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And if you think I'm strong now, you should see me hold a grudge. Girl, you don't even want to know. Like, <laughs> the strength and depth of my grudges. It's like you've been doing power squats of grudges. And I can bounce a quarter off that thing. You can <laughs> bounce a quarter. <laughs> my grudges. How would you define a grudge? Is, is it because it's more than a feeling? It feels very visceral, doesn't it? It's a very physical mm. thing to like. It is physical. Have, it's a very physical thing to hold a grudge against someone. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a natural defense mechanism, right? Like mm. grudges are these like anger and bitterness and vengeance, all like tightly compact. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you had a grudge against a fictional character? You and we both watch movies and we read books and watch mm. TV. And I feel like we get very into things. So do you have a grudge against a fictional character? Ooh, good question. Mm. Huh. Perhaps. There are characters like Umbridge. Ooh. Ooh. Though sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when I pick my, my daughter up from school, I get it. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I'm not gonna controversy. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes I'm there at school, the public school, and now I'm not gonna be cool with the moms anymore. But sometimes, when you're amongst the craziness of all the children, it's you know they're all in their uniforms. It's all very British, and sometimes I'm like, I mean, extreme. Yes. Am I? Am I opening up to understanding a little bit more? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't think. Nessa, like Umbridge is like the first character that came to mind when I was thinking about characters who I really dislike mm-hmm. and have that reaction to. But I don't think it's the same as a grudge because mm-hmm. I think for a grudge, you need to be hurt by someone in particular that you love and trust. Mm-hmm. Right. And we never loved or trusted Umbridge. No, no, definitely not. But it, you're right. There is a very there is a, a certain level of betrayal. That goes with mm. with a grudge, and it's I mean it's on the, it's one of those words that's strong like nemesis. It has that very mm. I like nemesis, it. isn't it great? It has a, it, I love that word because it's one of those things of it sounds exactly like what it is. It is your ultimate enemy, and it doesn't even have to be something of a dislike. It just has that tie. It's linked to grudge. Right. You have yes. this this bone to pick with someone, and it's all very convoluted, and it's never easy. No. No, it's not. And we decided to start off talking about grudges this week because (laughs) we are doing kind of a second part to our How Not to Apologize episode. Mm. We're talking about the other side of that coin. So How Not to Apologize. There's also this idea of forgiveness. And it's something that's real to all of us, right? It's hard. Forgiveness is hard. I I think we can all think about even just hearing forgiveness. I can... Over this, over the 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 radio waves, I can feel like the heckles going up on people. It's a very emotional. It's a very heavy topic for some people, and it's I think it's something we can all relate to, whether it be personal relationships or historical racial trauma. It's there's just this line that that this issue, this unspokenness that we don't like to talk about of forgiveness, and I think we have both shared. That maybe perhaps we may not be the most forgiving people mm-hmm. in the entire world. What what would how would you describe yourself, Danny, in this issue? Grudge holder. Mm. <laughs> Straight up grudge holder. Yeah, forgiveness is hard. And I think part of it is it's almost seen, even though I know it shouldn't be seen this way, it's almost seen as as weakness mm-hmm. right like there there seems to be strength in anger and grudge holding but yeah but forgiveness seems seems weak mm-hmm. even though i think it takes more strength to forgive mm, i agree it's also looked at as a passive thing you think of some mm. of the most forgiving people and there's a meekness there's a mildness to them there's like oh it's easy it's a it's a passive thing and in it just passes through. It's something that's just given lightly and gently of some of the people who've done some of the most amazing 
public acts of forgiveness, but interpersonally, it doesn't get related to every day. It doesn't seem, I think, especially right now in this cancel culture that we have. Oh, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Girl, do you know what I'm saying? I was speaking of um, last year, 2018, going into 2019. I don't know if you got this buzz world. You need to cut toxic people from your life. You right. There's that. a lot of that. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of that. that. And I think part of the issue is it's so complicated and mm-hmm. people want a, a simple, easy fix. Like, cut people out of your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Or on the other hand, forgive everyone. Like, no, reality mm. is not is not one or the other. Like, and you don't have to choose one or the other, right? Like it could you could fall somewhere in the gray. You could cut people out of your life, and sometimes that's what's best for you. And you could forgive people, and sometimes that's what's best for for you in that moment, you know? And it's there there is not a how-to guide. It is not that mm-hmm. simple. Exactly. And so I think today for us, when we want to talk about it from two people who we didn't write any books about this, guys, but I think some of the struggle people are having with forgiveness and seeing it as being weak or passive or it's a black and white issue is people don't know how to define forgiveness. I think if we actually knew what it actually entailed and what's a part of it, maybe people would be able to kind of discuss it and open it up a little bit. And my personal, yeah, yeah, my my favorite way to define something is actually to go with what it is not. Uh, (laughs) I think it's a good starting point for Mm -hmm. sure, because then you can kind of eliminate some of the misconceptions about it. Exactly. And I think it also helps really any stigma, take away any convolution until we can really get down to the heart in the purest form of what the definition actually is when you kind of pick in through what it actually is not. So I thought maybe we can try to go through that a little bit and maybe expand a little bit on what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not, and this is, I feel this is probably the biggest point. I feel it's a linchpin. And I want to start at the, like, one of the biggest things I think people really struggle with, with forgiveness. And I think we're going to touch back on this several times. Forgiveness is not excusing the person from their wrongs or forgetting about your feelings. It's kind of hand in hand. Like none of that gets forgotten. The wrong does not get tossed to the side once you say you forgive somebody. Exactly. It's not excusing the person's wrongs. It's not necessarily erasing it. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a misconception that in order to forgive someone, you have to forget. And that's not, that's not the reality. No, I mean, you can ask anyone, whether it be spiritual leader, priest, psychologist, forgiveness does not, does not hinge upon you forgetting. In fact, I think there's something about forgiving somebody fully being cognizant of the action. I think that speaks Mm. Like you said, that has a lot more strength than it would be, oh, I, f- I forgot it. So what is there to forgive? So that I think that one is a lot of people get hung on. I know I do. I have a hard time forgiving someone because in my mind, then they've gotten away with it. Mm, right. And ultimately, we all want justice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something bad was done. We want justice for it. Mm-hmm. it but it's built in us to want justice, isn't it? It is. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is also not excusing their consequences. Can I say it again Mm. for the people in the back row? It is not excusing their consequences. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) There's this idea that just because you forgive someone, that means that they shouldn't face any consequences. That's not, that's not true. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, it's part of that in our forgiveness episode we talk about recompense and and reconciliation and restitution that is part of it the they do not deal with the consequences head-on i don't feel like it's really complete the whole process really isn't i would say including that like forgiveness doesn't depend on consequences at all right like Mm -hmm. it's not excusing their consequences but it's also not mandating their consequences like forgiveness is something separate than justice it completely is because i think this is a very as where apologies is talking about the the offender and that there there can be multiple parties involved but forgiveness is a very interpersonal thing for you i feel like this is particularly for the victim this is all for you i feel 
so with that, forgiveness is not invalidating your feelings, your your anger, your hurt, your distress, your disappointment. I think there's this thought that once you forgive, it is all good and you can go about your life. You will you will be a hunky dory and all these feelings mm. just dissolve. And for some people, it, it really could. Some people talk about forgiveness as like lifting their own burden off their shoulder and they feel much better. But I think sometimes, especially how big the hurt or the trauma or the offense, there might actually still be some of this lingering kind of feeling. I think you're absolutely right about it. Not invalidating your feelings and not erasing your feelings. Mm-hmm. I think going back to this idea of erasing, because we've we've said that in emphasizing all of these points so far, like forgiveness is not erasure, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not erase anything. Exactly. We don't. In fact, I, I think with this, I think when we talk people through forgiveness and people seek out forgiveness, for those who are seeking out forgiveness for someone, you got to be prepared for all the feelings. Can right. I, can I say that off topic? They're allowed to have those feelings against you. And to talk about them, even if it's in the past tense, and you're going to have to kind of accept it because they cannot be erased. And that's that person's reality. That is part mm. of the process. You need to, yes. you have to take it all in. <laughs> I really like this, this next point. Forgiveness is not something you do just once, mm-hmm. right? Like there's this misconception that it's like, oh, I already forgave him. Like like it happened once. No, like unfortunately, and particularly when we're talking about forgiving racial trauma or like forgiving something that might be very deep and personal to you, forgiveness is a choice that you have to make over and over and over again. Definitely. And that's the thing. And I'm encouraging people that it does take a lot of strength and stamina because sometimes you can just feel exhausted from forgiveness. And I think this is the time to encourage you. Like, yes, and we talk about like racial fatigue. I think we can have forgiveness fatigue as well because we're just, Uh. especially with things like race or gender that we're hit with in the media and our day-to-day lives all the time. And we have to pick that. We have to choose that. And we can just become so fatigued in that. Or like you said before, if it has a lot of triggering mechanisms, it's something very deep and ingrained, you have to do it over and, and over and over again. Yes. This one is something that I wish it was part of that, but it's not always the way. But I think it's something I've become a lot more comfortable now. And actually being on the show has actually been very helpful. Uh, Forgiveness is not reconciliation. I think even when there is forgiveness, it does not mean you are going to go back. If it's especially like in a friendship or in a relationship, you're like, yes, there is forgiveness and issues squash and we, we can be very sincere about our forgiveness. It doesn't mean we get to go back to factory settings. Do you know? And we're not going to go back to the way that we were. And that's okay. Right. And I think that that's that's hard, particularly when we're talking about relationships. And I'm not speaking exclusively of romantic relationships. I'm speaking of any any relationship with a person. Sometimes things happen and there's no going back. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't step back to how things were and, and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. if you choose to continue that relationship, you have to continue. You can't go back. And so forgiveness and reconciliation might not be the same thing for you. Exactly. And sometimes forgiveness may be something you do on the road to reconciliation. Mm, but yes, exactly. It can be part of that journey. But you cannot say that they're 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 not one and the same, right? Forgiveness is also something that I, I should say something that doesn't acquire both parties involved. I think sometimes we have a lot of, especially if between a relationship, if one person of the party is they're unrepentant for lack of a better word, or distant, or dead, or no longer in the picture, or, or able to, it's not safe for you to be in contact with that, or it's it's. It's still too fresh or too new or they're unwilling to meet. It could be something you can do on their own. I think there's that need of you need to both meet. You both need to be together and you need to do that. And I think sometimes it's not as clean cut as that. It's not perfect world. It's it's something I think you can do freely as well, I think. Yeah, forgiveness isn't mediation, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not It's not the same thing. And, and I think that that's... 
Like it's something that I logically understand, but it's like hard to do in practice, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think once again, that that need for like justice or mm-hmm. vengeance, right? You want the other person to be aware, but ultimately yeah. forgiveness is a deeply personal thing and it doesn't require anybody else. It doesn't. And I think that I hope that really gives a lot of people confidence in that because I think that is probably one, that's probably a, the, the little little pin and everything that kind of stops people from doing that is that we want people to be apologetic. You cannot control other people's Mm -mm. feelings. You cannot control other people's actions. And this is something that I struggle with that we all struggle with, right? We want people to react in a certain way and we want people to be sorry and we want them to want our forgiveness. Yeah. But that isn't a requirement for it. Mm -mm. And it's something... What Danny said is very deeply personal, and uh, but with that, why should we do this? If we know what it's not, why should we? Like, what what is even the purpose of all of that? That's a great a great question, and I think there's a lot of reasons for forgiveness, and there's the morality. We should forgive because we should take the high road. Mm-hmm. I think is something that is ingrained in us from from a young age going back to the how not to apologize episode we talked about as kids we're we're sat down and we're told you know like say you're sorry to the other person all right and now you accept their apology Mm -hmm. we're asked to throw out our feelings and take this moral high ground and so i think as adults sometimes we we hang on to that feeling like Mm -hmm. i should be a bigger person i should move past this Exactly. Well, you even said it. You say, I apologize. And it's, I accept your apology. Accepting the apology and then giving forgiveness. You've forgotten a Mm. verb. You've forgotten an action there. Right. I forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. I forgive you. And that takes a lot. And I I see it now more that a lot of people in training are trying to change the verbiage, which then change the attitude. And that's fine. I don't even people, people say they have a strong moral compass. That, that that's fine. I have no reason being the basis of it. But to me, morality can sometimes fail you, especially if you don't get justice, because I find people who are quite moral really desire justice because it kind of has that, that balance to it. And so it's, it's, it's a mixed bag if you, if you have that. That one's really tough, I think. I think I would struggle with that. Yeah. Some people say, why should we forgive either for faith or religious reasons? A lot of people turn the other cheek, right? Exactly. Like, oh, I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm fully believed like this is what I'm in like this wheelhouse kind of thing. I'm told I have been forgiven of much. And so I should forgive. And honestly, I think had I not had that in my life, I think I'd be a far more grudge worthy person. (laughs) Like, I think I'm bad now. I think I was definitely worse in, in my younger years. And I'm glad I had that example, but I think that's based upon faith and understanding who Jesus is. But I think people do it in a religious way that's quite cold and it's about mm. penance. I think that that's mm. quite different. It used to turn the other cheek, but instead for us, it's like when you realize that none of us is perfect and we all fall short and not only have you been victimized, but you probably have also have caused pain as well. When you have right. that kind of humility, that really changes your motivation. And I feel like in a religious kind of way, it's, you know, you are better and it's, you know, it has a very piousy about it. That can also let you down as well, I think. Yeah. Oh, it'll be, it'll be hard. <laughs> and the issue I have with this idea of, of turning the other cheek is it's not only like forgiveness, but it's also like responding without revenge and allowing more hurt, which I think ultimately should not be the basis of, of forgiveness, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not forgiving to allow the same thing to keep happening and I think there's to forgive you have to allow things to continue going on and I don't think that's true exactly and I think that's the thing too with turning the other cheek it's like we 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 do that it's offering up a way that is peaceful and not lashing out but we're also told that we are precious and that we are a temple and why would you want that to also be hurt into damage once again it goes back to what it's not is that if I also believe in Christ he's also a god of justice (laughs) <laughs> so mm-hmm. he also cares about that part, which means consequences and being held accountable. And so it, it's all those things as well. It's it's how we're doling out forgiveness. It should be as quickly and easy as turn the other cheek. 
Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It should be how we offer that and not, I am your doormat. I think a key point there is this idea of it being quick and easy. And quite honestly, there's like very, very few people out there in the world who forgiveness comes to them quick and easily, Mm, right? It is work. It Mm, is work. And that's okay. And I think that's part of my issue with it just being lumped under this, like a a spiritual or religious obligation. Like it makes it sound like it should be just easy and it's not. It isn't. It really isn't. And for some people, like I said, even if you have that like for me, I have this perfect example of what it looks like. It's I will always have to look to that example because I am of my flesh and it's freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard. And I think it also takes a community to also be like aware. And it is a process because I, I can't do it like the person I worship. Jesus. Like I can't do it like him because he's perfect. He's also human. So he has this perfect example. And so it is really, really difficult. But for some people, that's their reasoning instead of like their... I I don't know. It's it's very difficult. We also have people who do for mental health reasons as well, which right. I don't think that's a bad reason at all. <laughs> I don't I don't either. To me, like perhaps it says I'm like a selfish person, but I think of these three that we've discussed, like mental health reasons resonates the most. Mm. I would even take it a step further and say physical health because we were just talking about how grudges can really weigh on you physically mm-hmm. as well like you can literally feel the physical effects of it so i think just health reasons like mm. that's a good reason <laughs> well girl it's so true I, we were talking about beforehand i mean it causes things like bitterness resentment distress and i was reading this is way too heavy you should not read this before bed of just basically how it's they can't completely correlate how unforgiveness really has long-term effect but what they have done is saying that it has the same reaction as very high stress as well. Yes. So when they link that on there, and stress, of course, is correlated with um, high blood pressure, hypertension, um, even um, early onset Alzheimer's. It's 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 right. very it's horribly taxing on your body, and unforgiveness equivocally, without question, gets put right underneath that category of high chemical induced or uh, influenced stress in your body people who practice forgiveness tend to have healthier immune systems (laughs) like all of this is real you know like the effects of your and I think we're we're heading into a time where we're more and more aware of this but like the effects of your thoughts like Mm. actually physically wear on you like they Mm -hmm. affect your body it's not this idea that the mind and the body are separate right like the mind is part of the body Girl, say it. Kind of slightly on a tangent, and I kind of want to go onto that as well of like affecting the body and how much it really affects as well your future friendships and relationships as well. Mm, yes, I kind of want to like. I'm. It's a little, little off, offline a little bit, but just this, that. What's the purpose and why? Yeah, <laughs> it really, really puts it. It changes how you view future relationships of any sort, both romantic and familial and friendship wise. It's just, it, it physically, like you said, physically changes you, but also rewires your brain on how you deal with trust and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. That nuts. Yeah, it does. And I mean, like, The thing is, if you come up across, like, trying situations that mimic something you've already experienced and that you haven't forgiven, then you're likely to react in a similar or a even worse defensive way. Mm. Mm. Yes. So when we look at the reasons and what what is the purpose, whether it's moral reasons, faith, religious reasons, mental health reasons. And I think within that, a lot of people can probably try to find their their camp. I think what these all have in common is uh, restoration and mm. release. Uh-huh. Yeah. What does, re- like, when you hear restoration, what do you think, what does that make you think of? Restoration, right? You think about, and I think this is part of the issue of something we were just talking about before, but like restoration sounds like 
a reset, like going back to the original. But I think in this case, it's not necessarily a reset or a full restoration, right? But it's mm-hmm. it's more establishing the new normal, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're to a place where you can move forward, I think is is the important like a, a place of stability, a place of while it might not be exactly the way things were, it's it's similar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's how I see restoration. How do you see restoration? Um, like balance. Yeah, exactly. I, I I think that's the same thing. It was uh, I watched a documentary forever ago about people who were going back and rebuilding up places in in Katrina after the hurricanes. There was some historical areas, and, and of course, you know, they were talking about restoring some of these beautiful places and homes, and it's never going to be exactly the same. But they went out of their way to try to make it the way it was. But it's always, it's never going to be quite there, but working on trying to make it to where it once was. And I, mm. and I think that's, that's what it is, is like realizing that brick by brick, you do need to be rebuilt with forgiveness. And when, when you have that, you start kind of rebuilding trust, even if it's never going to look like what it's supposed to, gaining and trying to work of that to give you that stability and to have that that care and have those little nuances really be looked at. When you have someone who restores a car, restores a house, they're looking at every knob and, and facet to making sure everything is really okay. And I think that's part of our own personal restoration is not doing a blanket over anything, is really taking the time and looking at all the details and really rebuilding that and looking into that. And the other half is just having that that physical release. There's a woman do stretches when I was with my daughter and teach them how to do like infant massages. They would teach you to do this little massage to get the kids to squeeze their little hands as tightly as possible. Uh And then have that little physical release of that and seeing kind of the blood return. And it feels so good. It's that sometimes a stretch. Some of the best things you can do is have a full, complete tense and have that full, utter release. Yes. And that goes back to that talking about the physical, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes this isn't just working through this forgiveness in a mental capacity, but also like the physical equivalent. Like it sounds so hippie and weird, but like there is that power and like the Mm -hmm. tensing and the release. Really? No. And I think that that's part of like the stigma too, of that talking about like now some people say going there and doing things like physically releasing things like hold the tension hold the anger hold the grudge and let it go because it is a very physical thing I've known people who's lost a lot of sleep thinking about transgressions and a lot of pain and that affects how they eat and their appetite it really takes a toll on their body you know especially if it's how long you've had it for because even the dysfunction can become a new normal as well mm-hmm. it's a uh, I mean, if you've ever been in a place of deep unforgiveness, it's it's not great. <laughs> no, it's not. And it can be all-encompassing. Mm, girl, I was just about to say, it can be very consuming. And that's another thing, too, of your time as well. A lot of, of your time in your space, it takes a lot of worry and a lot of anxiety. And I think urging people to go towards forgiveness, uh, restoration and release, like just saying that, just like, would you not rather have that? Of course, it's easier said than done. Oh, absolutely easier said than done. And (laughs) like the episode name will be that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I think we should also talk about like while restoration and release sounds good, sometimes there is something that feels comforting. And this is this is something I experience. There's something comforting about holding on to that anger or holding on to that sadness that like morphs into hardness like Mm. that that feels comforting it's like you know old friend hello like I know this and restoration and release can be really scary because it's different it is well I think if we even take that into things like racial trauma we take that at heart and it becomes another part of our armor you know, yeah. it, it, it becomes part of like who you are. And I think a lot of people who get accused of being angry and bitter, it's, it's really not that they have had this, this hurt, you know, uh-huh. they've had this hurt, they've had this trauma, they've had this pain, 
And now they wear it like a, a badge because they have still survived even after this wrongdoing. Like you, and I think of even having that, and I think you're right, when you, you have that, it's a point of pride. Like, look what these, this person and these people have done to me, and I'm yes. still here. It, it has that very badass um, right. wounded warrior kind of feel to it. I've been yeah. through all this garbage and BS and I've come out on the other side of it. Yes. And I think in our culture today, that is rewarded, right? Mm. Like that is seen as strength. Mm. I don't, uh, and who are you to tell anyone to release that? That one's so tough. That is really tough to tell someone when it's become part of their armor to go out into this world. Mm-hmm. to release i can see why people buck forgiveness or i can see where they can start beginning to see it as a weakness a, a chink in their armor yes i think that's why we have to start talking about the immense strength it does take to forgive and not excuse to be able to say i can forgive the debtor but not the transgression that still needs to be paid and have a sense of peace but i think we mm. have even a convoluted way of what peace looks like it's also that idea of once I forgive, once I say I've forgiven this person, like the peace is automatic. It's just how things are going to continue to be. Like it's a fix. And that's not reality. Mm. Mm. What would you say to a unicorn right now who is struggling with forgiveness? Girl, I see you. <laughs> like <laughs> right it's a struggle and it's hard like we've said it's easier said than done and I would say there's some things to consider is this person or situation like deserving of your forgiveness is one thing to think about and then also are you deserving of offering this forgiveness in that moment, right? Like, I think it has to come from you. Like, Mm -hmm. it has to come from you. And while we're talking up forgiveness and the importance of it and how it can help you in the long term, like, sometimes you just aren't there yet. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. Like, take your time. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, I agree. It is a process it is a journey you want to talk about like hippie language it's a journey but it is it is it is a journey is it is a story with a beginning and a middle and an end and if you need several parts sequels and prequels girl take it I think that's what I would say to people the way I look at it forgiveness is recognizing that your transgressor or the someone who's done you wrong is no longer in your personal debt like when you no. hold a debt over somebody, you're you're constantly looking at them. You're looking you're looking forward to you. You're, you're upset. You're looking for the, this payback, and you deserve to have that that freedom. You you deserve to be released from that. Right. It's um someone had talked about in like a, a counseling book that I was reading ages ago, talking about how we kind of be we're tethered to people when we have these kind of situations, these emotional tethers and ties to one another. And even if it's been years and years and years, no matter what, you're tied to that person, especially if there's unforgiveness and you can't see it. And if you keep these going, it becomes like a bondage Mm. and it weighs you down. So what you need to do with forgiveness comes along and cuts that tie. Yes. That's what happens. And I think there's a lot of people, a lot of unicorns that have to go through a lot, that have to have that hardness, that have to put it up, that have to are still crying out for justice, but you're actually still in bondage. It is not easy, but you're not alone. And healing can begin. And it's one of the most bravest things you can do, but lean into your community because you'll need help. And there's no shame in that. Yes. Community is a great place to go when you're searching for how to how to reach that forgiveness and community can be your family it could be your friends it could be like a physical community in which you're in but it also doesn't have to be them mm-hmm. we talk about how much we hate the internet a lot mm-hmm. but the internet is a great place right for for finding a community and i think you can find a community online you can find a support group you can find a Facebook group. You can find so many places where there are people who will support you in this journey. Even though it is a deeply personal journey, it is not a journey you have to take by yourself. I agree. 
it's um I think this is definitely going to be something we're going to have to revisit because it is so vast and there's so many veins and revenues we can go to when it comes down to forgiveness that I, I hope that we are able to come back and revisit it. And yeah, I've actually really enjoyed talking about apology and forgiveness because it really takes you out of your comfort zone and really challenges. I know it's challenged both of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am not an expert at forgiveness <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Have you had to forgive something incredibly, incredibly difficult? Like, have you? are you on the other side of you think of some of those Issues we both talk about that we've held some nasty grudges. Do you ever feel, do you feel like you're on the other side of any of those? There have been some, some things that have been very, very difficult um, that would require forgiveness that sometimes I feel like I'm on the other side of and sometimes I feel like I'm not. So I think particularly with these hard, deep, heavy, personal issues, it's hard. Because you might think you've you've crossed that bridge and then something happens or you're triggered and you're like, nope, I'm not across that bridge. And I can see where I was, but I'm not there today. And I mm. I think that is a big thing of, of what we were saying with it. It is not something you do once. Mm -hmm. And I think the harder and the deeper the hurt, the distress, the the disappointment, the harder and deeper it is, the harder it is to finalize that forgiveness. And mm. I don't and I don't know if there will ever be a final, final moment. And I know that sounds kind of bleak, but mm. that doesn't mean it's like all consuming. I just mean some days you might realize you're you're not there and that's okay. Mm. So I guess I'm saying is like the hardest things that I've had to forgive, sometimes yes. I feel like I'm on the other side and sometimes no, I don't think I am. How about mm -hmm. you? I I would say 50, it's similar. There's been a couple of monumental things in my life that even up to a couple of years ago, I'm like, how am I ever going to get on the other side of this that I have surprisingly have? And I feel like I would say probably even in the last year wreaking that benefit so even at some, there's, you know, really heavy personal things. Just recently now in my mid thirties of something that's really plagued me a good chunk of my life that I feel like, wow, not only am I on the other side of that, but now I'm kind of, I feel like I'm in that restoration phase. Like I'm, mm. I'm feeling like I'm getting the carpets in girl. I'm getting that wallpaper, you know, I'm feeling yeah. like the little individual things are, and it's, it's making me it's making me want to speak out about it of saying, you know, I do understand how difficult it is and it's worth it. Mm. The journey is worth it. And it doesn't seem like it when you're in it. And even when I reach that place of forgiveness, I I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I did feel incredibly like weak, but I, I feel that I, I feel so much of the benefit now on the other side of that, that I'm just, I'm all about like, let, let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk it. Cause I just, I love this feeling. There's still, I mean, oh, there's going to be a couple things I'm always going to work on, you know? And actually, even for me, there's a couple people, like, I feel like I have to seek out forgiveness from, and that's mm. even trickier. And that's, that's really challenging. Now that and I'm that's another that. thing, another Ooh. aspect of forgiveness, you know? Because mm -hmm. if anyone's out there, didn't think you need to seek it. I'm just letting you know. So it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think because I've now reaped the benefits and I've been seeing that, I'm like, oof, there's probably some people I should probably seek this from. And right. I, I've just been, I guess excited is the wrong word. I'm, I'm a big advocator of this now. Mm. I've got yes. work to do, but I'm an advocate for this now. We all have work to do. <laughs> should we, should we get mad at the internet? talking about work <laughs> yeah so mad at the internet what are we mad about this week Damika? this should be the most specific internet thing we've probably ever been mad at i, <laughs> I feel like i don't know how we're ever going to top this one really yeah it's, okay yeah are you, should you, you want to talk about it 
Yeah, I I can I can start. So we all hate algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just you know, just right into it. Algorithms. Just Al- right into it. Yeah, we <laughs> all hate al- algorithms. <laughs> but what I want to talk about specifically on the internet, as mm. far as algorithms, I hate are like suggestions of news stories. Yeah, you mm, you don't know me. You obviously don't know me. And I'm using news so loosely because we were talking about this before we started recording and I pulled it up and I was like reading off these things with indignation to Tamika. And now I just opened it again on my phone and it's different (laughs) stories. So like my top one, this is not news. Everyone is a little Billie Eilish. What percent are you? No. What? What? How is this something that I want to read, that I want to spend my time on? (laughs) But that's the thing. It's, it's, they put up this. And I think we, we, you know, we've talked about, and we've all been guilty of it. At least, at least maybe I, I will admit it. And you click on it and it's clickbait. But the thing is, if you go off of algorithms of what you've looked in your search history and who you are, it's a bit flawed, isn't it? Like, I feel like my news feed for the first year that I had my phone, kept thinking I gave one damn about the Kardashian family. I can't even spell it correctly. Why would you even offer me anything as far as news? They would put it in bold news front. You know, and it, it's not like the star where it's, you know, like Kim made a baby. It was very, very trying to make it like a news Jose. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. No, no. When I'm scrolling through my Google news recommendations, some things are like one day ago or 14 hours ago, but then some things are like two years ago. And I'm like, why? Why is this coming up now? And it's it's just this idea that like we're all looking at this and that's how we get stuck in these shitty cycles of like resharing old, boring ass news that's distracting us from the fucking issues of the actual world we live in. Girl just said old ass news. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> but it's true. I, I guess in this world where we have this amazing technology at our fingers, we just want it to do what it's actually for. I mean, I mean, I actually, I guess I shouldn't be mad that my phone's trying to give me news. I guess in like right. hindsight, I do have to look at it. I'm like, uh, you know, 20 years ago, I was playing Snake on my Nokia phone, and now it's giving me articles about which right. kind of potato I am. I mean, like, this is fairly interesting, but, like, does it really matter? This nine-year-old boy is about to graduate from college? Like, I don't... Why? Why? Do you do you think it's literally just the clickbait and the sharing that makes it keep going? Or do you think it's, we're like, oh gosh, there's so much heinous things. We need filler. We need filler news. Or the fact that anything can be classified as news. I think it's all of those things. <laughs> Quite honestly. <laughs> I have this ongoing joke with a friend that we live in the most boring dystopia. And I think a great indicator of that is this list of bullshit news that comes up like it's distractions man i don't know florida has some amazing news and they will always <sighs> florida don't get me started on florida it's not their fault i really do think they're a victim of location of looking like a penis i didn't i just i'm trying I'm trying so hard not to pick on the fallacy known as Florida. <laughs> but but in a real thing, algorithms are, I know what they're used for, but they can be very terrifying, especially like we use the social media. We are aware of like the usefulness of algorithms. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I understand that. And we were just talking about the beauty of building a community and how easy it is to do online and how that is in part because of algorithms. Yes. So like, yes, that's great. But also like, fucking just stop. <laughs> it's I'm like, I don't need to know. I, I know this is going to sound very, very harsh. They're t- they were taking dogs to graveyards of owners. Oh, I- how is Why? this news of news watching dogs cry at grief at, at, like in front of headstones? That's not news. 
that's not news. It's sad, but it's definitely not news. The internet is just filled with garbage dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) Light it, Danny. Just light it and walk away. And what time (sighs) do we live in? Ugh. Ugh. I let's 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 talk about our happy places. This is I, too much. I, I, I think we I think we have to. gosh what is making me happy well here's something that is making me happy and i'm sorry but this isn't a happy place that can be replicated by anybody okay but that's fine my pets Mm. my pets just make me so happy and and i feel like i've talked a little bit about all of them at various points on this podcast but like i have a rabbit a house rabbit his name's mr mochi And he's just adorable and sweet and like the softest thing you've ever touched in your whole life. And the other day he was cuddling next to my older cat, who's still pretty young, Krychek. And they were just like cuddling next to each other. And it was too much for my heart. That's a bit much right now. Can you I know. It's It's just so sweet. It's just so sweet. (laughs) And then my other cat who adores Crychek, Kumo. Like, I just love how much they love each other and how much I love them and how much they love me. Pets oh. are great. I'm just saying, everyone should have a pet, preferably oh. a cat, because cats are better than dogs. <laughs> Starts with shade, ends with shade. Always. I love it. It's like, <laughs> I think people can. I think some. there's probably people who have been like, shall I get a cat? Should I not? And you might have just pushed them over the edge. I hope so, because cats are amazing. <laughs> they have amazing personalities. My cats have such distinct personalities. I love it. Mm, that is very, very true. My husband is a massive cat person. And that's definitely one of the things, like, you just get a lot more personality. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. I, I was I, I, I was talking with my husband about that the other day and he was like, maybe it's because cats are so curious. Like curiosity is such a strong personality trait. So maybe that's part of why they seem to have more personality than dogs. Write mm, this paper. Curiosity leads to personality. Perhaps. I mean, that's why I'm saying let's all continue to be curious people, learn about new things. Mm, especially by listening to this show. what's your happy place Tamika? there are times living in a foreign country where you feel quite foreign and other times where you feel like you fit right in so I strictly come dancing which is the British the original version of dancing with the stars Mm. it's huge here it's really really huge here and by the time this comes out, I believe it would have already wrapped up or almost at the final. No, I think it have already wrapped up by then. But it's it's one of those things of anything my whole family can watch together that's not a cartoon. I'm for and my daughter. And I'm sh- I don't even know if I've mentioned this before, but I don't care. She's obsessed with watching ballroom dancing now. <laughs> love it. And my, Kids are so weird and I, I love it. I love it. So my daughter pretending to do a pasadoble in the kitchen while I make food is my whole life. And it makes Aww. me so, talk about something you can't. She's just like, she's like, look at my quick step. Look, look, look. She's like, um, you know, just it's, I love it. She's like, my waltz. My waltz doble. It's just, it's so beautiful. And so I have videos that I will save throughout the day when I'm doing stuff, especially if she's at school, that I'll show her when we get back. I'm like, oh, Mariah, look at this tango. Look at this samba. She goes, they're really, oh, look, the hip movement's really good. Oh, needs to be more heel. It's so, I I love it. I absolutely love it that she pretends to dance and she'll make my husband dance who's not a dancer. It's just, uh um, I'm a big fan. I have like this really uh, like a pipe dream that one day when my husband and I are retired or whatever that looks like by the time we get that age because social security won't be a thing. Um, right. I, I secretly kind of hope that we retire and take ballroom dancing classes and go to like competitions and stuff. 
Girl, do it now. I know. I know. Life is- Don't live for the future. Do it today. Oh, girl. I should have been like, you better buy some gel there, husband, because we're about to <laughs> ballroom dancing. Get you a mesh yes. shirt and some sequin suspenders. This is happening. <laughs> we actually did talk about when we go back to the States, that there would be just like a lot of fun to do as a couple now that Mariah's older. But I love that she's using the language of ballroom dancing. It just, uh, okay, but it just, my heart, it's just too much. It's so freaking cute. I love it. It's mm-hmm. adorable. <laughs> oh, we both have really super adorable things this time. Yes, because kids and pets, terrible to work with in film, but great <laughs> for the adorable factor. We just basically had an audible social media page. All we were missing was food <laughs> recipes. Cat, right. cat kids and food. We talked clickbait. We talked pets. We talked <laughs> kids. Oh, we man. are the internet that we hate. Oh. <laughs> That's not entirely true. It's like a, in the Twilight Zone episode. We are the internet. We're just a, oh. a human. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it so? It is. It is a little bit. My glasses are broken, <laughs> even though I'm surrounded <laughs> by books. But I had time. I had time. <laughs> uh, it's a rough life, this dystopia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny, what, we we should get out of here. There's we no, should. There's, there's no, we should not add on to that. That's absolutely a Twilight Zone reference and dystopia. We can't beat that. We can't. Uh, we would love to hear all of your dystopia ideas or your Twilight Zone references. references. Seriously, I binge Twilight Zone any opportunity I get. I'm happy to hear your references. Mm. <laughs> you could go ahead and shoot that or any ideas you have for the show, questions you may have, reactions you may have to us either via email, biracialunicorns at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at biracialunicorns. We're on Twitter at biracial magic we want to thank dahlia pop art for our amazing art she is absolutely fabulous you should find her follow her we also want to thank the very talented joseph scott for doing our intro and outro music follow them stock them like everything that they're a part of yes and make sure that you subscribe so that you catch our next episode coming out mm-hmm. next tuesday it'll be a mini-sode oh. and then in two weeks we'll have another full episode and if you like the show please be sure to share it with your friends. Yes, and write a review. We, we do want to hear from you. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, friends. We'll catch you on the other side. Peace. Mm-hmm. Out.